Here we go. Breakdown time. Chiefs, Colts, playoff game. It's going to be a fun one. Welcome in. My name is Farzim Vasuki, and this is the Chief Zone Podcast. Hope you guys are having a good week. Uh, at this point, it is Thursday, so hopefully, you know, your week's going by. You're, you're getting closer to the weekend, and next thing you know, Chiefs football is on the horizon. So we are inching closer and closer to kicking off the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and it all starts at Arrowhead Stadium, 3.35 p.m. Central Standard Time on NBC at Arrowhead. A lot of people are going to be at the stadium, a lot of people are going to be watching from home. It's going to be a lot of fun. Lots to get into on this episode. Well, I, I take that back. Not a whole lot. We're going to be breaking down the game between the Chiefs and Colts, and that's really all we're doing on this episode. Going to break down that game. Uh, we did the closing segments last episode, so because of the uh, fumble on my end, we're uh, only doing uh, the breakdown on this episode. So that's all you got to listen to, and then we will have Matt Connor afterwards from Arrowhead Attic. He joins us to talk about this postseason rivalry, I guess, between the Chiefs and the Colts, the bad luck, the bad history, and... It's got to come to an end this weekend. It just has to. The, the stars are aligning. It, it seems like it's happening now. So we're going to get into that with him and a little bit more as well. Kind of have a funny story about my Chiefs versus Colts playoff experience. The one time I attended a, a Chiefs and Colts playoff game, we'll get into that. And I'm sure a lot of you guys will be able to relate to the conversation that Matt and I have. Again, Matt Connor will be joining us at the end of the podcast. If you guys want to interact with me, facebook.com slash Farzine Vesuvian. That is the Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook and interact with me on there. A lot we've got going on on the Facebook page. We will be doing a Facebook Live at halftime and after the game, so join us for that. Again, facebook.com slash Farzine Vesuvian. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine21 and email me Farzine at FarzineVesuvian.com. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, and share the links as well with your friends. Spread the word for the Chief Zone podcast. I don't think I don't know if it's coming out from my voice or not. So I woke up the morning, I'm, I'm recording this episode, and let's just say I it wasn't the worst, but wasn't the greatest either. And the first thought in my mind was, I gotta make sure I get through the day enough so I can at least do the podcast. Because you guys have been killing it this year. I'm against the idea of not being able to give 100% to you guys. Uh, because you guys have killed it. I, I mentioned that. I mean, the social media and... Uh, I mean, the, the, the audience has gone up. The, the downloads have gone up. It's because of you guys. And, I, I mean, I thought of you guys. First thing I woke up, I said, I've got to make sure I get an episode out. Again, I'm not 100%. And I'm against the idea of doing a podcast if I'm not 100%. 100% but... I mean, I'm not missing this podcast, man. Not this episode. This has to happen. Because it's a big week. I'll tell you what. I know the feeling right now. Everyone's cautiously optimistic, it feels like. I think there are a few people who are already writing the team off. A few people who are already penciling the Chiefs in as victors in this one. But I think for the most part, everyone's cautiously optimistic. Here's the thing. I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to this. I've just got a good feeling about this game this week. But I know that come Saturday morning, I'll be a little nervous. When that time comes, I'm not quite sure You know how I'm going to feel. 
when it's time for kickoff, but I think all the emotions are going to be mixed into one. I, I, I think that's really how it feels right now. Imagine being a Patriots fan, and I think some Chiefs fans can kind of understand Patriots fans because Patriots fans, they this is like a tradition every year to play in the divisional round of the playoffs. I, mean, I, I don't know when was the last time the Patriots played in the wild card round. I'm sure they have at some point, but probably not for a long time would be my guess. But some of you guys listening are KU basketball fans. Let's be honest here. How many KU basketball fans are worried going into that first game in the NCAA tournament? Every Kansas fan is penciling in a win right there. And I think that's how Patriots fans always feel when their first playoff game arrives. But that's not how it is for Chiefs fans. There's always this concern because of the bad history, and I get it. But I think that comes down to an end this weekend. Uh, Real quickly, I did promise we'll just focus on the game. uh, But we did not mention this last episode, so I want to go over this real quickly. Chiefs All-Pro Honors were released uh, recently. Uh, The NFL All-Pro team, first team and second team. Patrick Mahomes made it. Uh, Among the 50 voters, 45 voted Patrick Mahomes as the number one quarterbacks, and these are also the same people who are going to be voting for the MVP award, the AP MVP award, so uh, if that gives you any indication as to where the voters are leaning for the MVP award, probably not going to be unanimous, but hey, who cares? We're not going to remember Mahomes for unanimously winning the MVP award. You're going to remember him as the MVP award winner, and it seems like it's going to be going in that direction. Travis Kelsey, the tight end, also made the first team, and right tackle Mitchell Schwartz as well. Tyreek Hill also made the first team All-Pro Honors uh, as a flex player. Now, oddly enough, on the second team, Tyreek Hill is voted in as a wide receiver. Kind of an interesting system here, the way it's working. Not one that I am a fan of, I think, if you're a player. It's cool that Tyreek Hill's on both the first team and the second team, but I think a player should only be mentioned once. Tyreek Hill is a dynamic football player. He is uh, elusive. He can play multiple positions on offense, but I think you've got to pick him as just one position, uh, either wide receiver or running back, and his primary primary position is wide receiver, and he should be voted in as a wide receiver, first team, uh, and if not second team, which is what we're seeing right here. Uh, also second team, all-pro honors from Kansas City, defensive end Chris Jones, and uh, deservedly so, of course, uh, Pro Bowl snub, but at least... Has that under his belt, uh, one of the All-Pro honors for Chris Jones. So you've got that for you. And again, Mahomes, 45 of the 50 voters picking him to be first team All-Pro over Drew Brees. So I think that shows you where the voters are going to lean once uh, the votes are revealed for who wins MVP. The Westgate Hotel in Las Vegas, uh, the sportsbook Opened the Chiefs up as 5.5 point favorites over the Colts. And I I believe that is still the line. Has not shifted at all as the week has gone along. So the Chiefs remain as 5.5 point favorites over the Indianapolis Colts. As for the weather this week. If you look at Friday afternoon. It does start to rain. And then Friday evening. There's going to be a mix of rain and snow, and that'll transition to snow. And then on to Saturday morning, you're going to see some light snow and some snow showers. And the snow is expected to stop roughly around kickoff. 
and if we look here, it is according to KCTV5, 35 degrees is what they have it at for kickoff. And that is when the snow showers are expected to stop. Imagine that. Snow showers stop right at kickoff for the Chiefs and Colts game. And by the way, Patriots and Chargers, they of course play on Sunday. Uh, Read some reports that six inches of snow is expected during the game and frigid temperatures. So that'll be a lot of fun to watch. I've heard people say, I mean, Boston is a, uh, the Northeast region as a whole, but more specifically Boston. I mean, crazy cold time of the year, uh, especially in January. I remember last January, the UFC had an event in Boston. That was when Daniel Cormier headlined the card. Uh, I can't remember who he beat, but uh, th- that that was uh, a time where a lot of people were, were being critical of the UFC. Why would they go there that time of year? Dana White wanted to do that just so he can have a UFC event on one night in the AFC Championship game with the Patriots on one night because he's a big Boston sports guy. So uh, he wanted to have that uh, for him. That way he could see the, the Patriots on the same weekend. But uh, yeah, uh, looks like we may see uh, two divisional round games from the AFC that will feature some snow. One at Arrowhead and one at Gillette Stadium. So that is expected in Kansas City this weekend. And again, that is according to KCTV5. So we'll see how that plays out. Real quickly, the injury report, because a lot of people are talking about this. Linebacker Dorian O'Daniel did not practice on Tuesday nor Wednesday, dealing with a calf and an ankle injury. Eric Berry, Spencer Ware, and Sammy Watkins all returned to practice on Tuesday. All of them were limited. Spencer Ware and Sammy Watkins also limited on Wednesday. Uh, however, Wednesday, uh, Dorian O'Daniel, as I mentioned, didn't practice. Nor did Eric Berry, and everybody lost their minds about this. Look. I'm not happy about the way how things have gone for Eric Berry, just as much as anyone else, just as much as Eric Berry. I'm sure it's been frustrating for him. But I'm thinking a lot of people just jumped to conclusions. Is he worth keeping on the team right now? Well, first off, it's not going to be easy to get out of his contract. I, I mentioned this many times. I don't think fans understand that you cannot just take a cap. I'm seeing fans say, well, who cares? Just take a cap hit at this point. No, because at that point, it's even worse on your team financially. So you can't do that. And listen, uh, I saw Sam Mullinger tweet this out. This guy's gone through so much in his career, in his life. He he tore his ACL in 2011 and came back strong. He dealt with cancer and came back stronger. So I think everyone just needs to relax. First off, I think it might be a little bit precautionary. Second of all, a lot of key players for the Colts did not practice on Tuesday dealing with some injuries, then they're currently listed as questionable. I guarantee a majority of those players will be playing for the Colts on Saturday. So, and listen, the Colts are dealing with a short week because they played on a Saturday, uh, coming off a Sunday night game, and here they are turning back around real quickly playing on a Saturday. I, and I think in the NFL, uh, if your team's in the playoffs, the no-practice rule does not apply on Tuesday. I mean, look, it's the end of the season, so you can deal with a couple of more weeks of a no Tuesday practice, uh, besides you're preparing for the biggest game of your, perhaps biggest games of your life. So of course you want to prepare for those games as much as possible. So that I, I guess they're lenient with the Tuesday practices, whether you have a shorter week or not, depending if you play on a Saturday or a Sunday, but that's what's going on with the Colts for Eric Berry, man. Look, I, I don't know what to tell you about this. Uh, the chiefs are always going to be hush hush, but he practiced on Tuesday and he was limited, I understand, but I think the Chiefs may be being a little bit 
cautious with with his injury, his heel injury that he's still dealing with. And at the end of the day, I, I think he does play on, on Saturday. It, maybe he doesn't. That's okay. If he doesn't play, the Chiefs have had a great season without him. And I get the defense needs all the help possible. But at the end of the day, the, the, as long as you have Mahomes, tra- Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and I'll get to Kelsey in a moment because he could have a big game on Saturday. I think he'll be just fine without Eric Berry. And if you have him, and if he can... Play a little bit better than he did in the two games that we saw him this year late in the season. Great. If not, you still got a lot of firepower on this offense. If I if I really had to pick one guy, if I had the ability to pick one guy, have him be available, I want Sammy Watkins. Because ever since the Kareem Hunt incident happened and he got released, around the same time Sammy Watkins started dealing with his injury, and you look at Watkins and what he's been able to do, maybe statistically hasn't been able to dominate as much, but his presence has helped the Chiefs expand a little bit. I don't think Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill have the great seasons they're having statistically if it's not for Sammy Watkins and what he's done for a majority of the season when he's been available, helping those guys get wide open. And then in games where defenders are focusing in on Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, well, that's when Sammy Watkins breaks through and has a big game. Maybe Chris Conley uh, is more active than he is in previous games. Same thing goes for Demarcus Robinson. So keep that in mind when you look at the Chiefs' offense. I'd rather have Sammy Watkins or, over Eric Berry. I know a lot of people would say the other way around, but I want to see Eric or excuse me, Sammy Watkins available uh, more so than EB because Watkins just has that ability to help open up this passing game much more, and obviously that helps out Mahomes and being able to gash through a defense maybe a little bit easier you can still do it without Watkins don't get me wrong Watkins just adds a little bit more help to this already impressive offense now speaking of the Colts and we talked about this with Vahe Gregorian of the Kansas City Star he joined us on the podcast earlier this week check that out if you haven't uh we talked about the Colts and how bad they are against tight ends 1,234 yards allowed on the year. That is the most in the NFL. The Rams are second with 1,075 yards. The Chiefs are third with 1,067 yards. Not good, but there's a big gap between the Colts and the Rams and Chiefs, who are, as I mentioned, second and third and very close to each other. Whereas the Colts, uh, they've allowed a lot of yards from tight ends by a wider margin. Now, it's also worth noting that the Chiefs have also allowed the uh, allowed the second most touchdowns to tight ends this season with 10. That's second behind Cincinnati's 11 on the season. So Eric Ebron, who's got 13 touchdowns, and we'll get into him later. Eric Ebron's got 13 touchdowns, and he's facing a Chiefs defense that's allowed the second most touchdowns to tight ends. Travis Kelsey is facing uh, having a record-breaking season, despite it got broken an hour later. Travis Kelsey, coming off a record season, is going up against a team that's allowed the most yards to tight ends. I'll tell you what right now, if I if I had to put one, one prop bet that I could put money on, I would bet that both Eric Ebron and Travis Kelsey are going to ball in this football game. Both teams, both defenses are going to struggle immensely trying to stop those guys. I think Eric Ebron can have a pair of touchdowns in this game, and I think Travis Kelsey... Could have 150 receiving yards in this football game. And as for who gets the rest of the 
Doe on offense, well, I, I think the obvious answer would be Tyreek Hill simply because of his athletic ability and what he's able to do to a defense. Even when he's double-teamed, triple-teamed, uh, people have had a hard time stopping Tyreek Hill. And even if they have been able to limit him, that means someone else is out there getting wide open. A guy like Travis Kelsey, maybe Sammy Watkins, if he plays, can get through. Conley and Demarcus Robinson, of course, are guys that you should never count out because they ha- have the ability to make big plays when given the opportunity, when the Pro Bowlers have been covered. There's a lot that that this Chiefs offense can do. And I'm excited to see them put it on display in a playoff game, especially if Sammy Watkins is available. And if both Spencer Wayne and Sammy Watkins are available, I think this offense is going to be very hard to stop for the Colts. I can see a situation where the Chiefs don't punt the football a whole lot if everyone's available. Even if... Spencer Ware or Sammy Watkins, if one of them, uh, if one of them is available, one of them isn't. I can still see these Chiefs having a really good game offensively and not seeing a lot of Dustin Colquitt in this game putting the football. Now I'll say this again. I, I touch on this a lot on social media, and I'll say it again here. People want to point out Indianapolis' schedule, which I believe was the easiest schedule they've had in the NFL. Look, a lot of NFL teams have easy schedules, not just. Indianapolis, it's not their fault that they're here. Indianapolis beat Houston on the road in December. Shut out the Cowboys at home and beat Houston again on the road. Again, nearly shutting them down. A lot of people are pointing out that the Colts won those games in domes. Well, okay, look. And I know people make a big deal about Peyton Manning's career when he went to Denver. Oh, this guy played in a dome his whole career. Now he's playing in frigid Denver. He still made it to a Super Bowl. Didn't have a great season. Twice, by the way, he did so. And again, it wasn't great uh, the second time around when they won, but still found a way to win uh, at the end of the day. And again, uh, you know, people want to make a big deal about you know who, who's a warm weather team, who's a dome team, and the Chiefs have all the advantages in the world because they're an outdoor team. I think that's a heavily overrated statistic. People act like these guys have never played a road game in December, a cold road game. People act like these uh, NFL players, they've never been to a cold place before. Some of these guys played high school football and college ball in, in freezing temperatures. Now, I get that those two levels are obviously not even comparable to the pro level, but it doesn't take away the, the fact that they've at least played the sport in in cold climates before so I say pump the brakes on the location and the dome I I honestly don't think even though analysts get into that I think they're wrong I seriously think it's a heavily overrated statistic in the sport because if if that really was true then there's no way Peyton Manning would have ever won two rings there there's just no way that would be the case Uh, if this was the case cold weather teams should be winning every single time because they have the advantages uh, constantly playing outdoors, sometimes in the rain, sometimes in the snow, uh, and uh, that should help out. That should help them even more if they're playing in a dome. By the way, nowadays we see the Super Bowl, with the exception of one game in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, now all the Super Bowls are played in either domes or warm places. They try to keep it in a dome to avoid bad weather, such as the... Uh, Colts and Bears game uh, several years ago in the Super Bowl, but you get the idea. By the way, if you want to point out 
Indy schedule, well, the Chiefs were 2-4 and four against playoff teams. Now, I know the Chiefs had a top 10 uh, schedule in terms of difficulty, but again, they were 2-4 and four against playoff teams. Now, to some people that means a lot, to some people it doesn't. The Pittsburgh Steelers were 2-4 and four against playoff teams and won a Super Bowl in the 2005-2006 season. And by the way, that team had the youngest quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl in Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger won the Super Bowl at 23 years of age, 11 months and 4 days. Whereas Patrick Mahomes, if he wins a Super Bowl, it can happen in 23 months, or excuse me, 23 years, 4 months and 17 days. uh, Obviously beating Roethlisberger's record by several months to become the youngest quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. And that is a record almost 13 years old. Uh, give it two more days and it'll be exactly 13 years. So the Super Bowl this year on February the 3rd. Uh, for Roethlisberger, it happened on February the 5th in 2006. Now one thing before I forget, before we get into this Chiefs and Colts matchup, uh, quickly looking back at uh, some of the Historic notes between these two teams. Uh, I did a guest hit in Lubbock, Texas for a radio station, the Talk 1340. So if you were in the Lubbock area and if you listen, appreciate it. If you didn't, uh, I did retweet the link. They have it on their SoundCloud. Uh, Or you can just wait for the end of the podcast. I will play that as well after our interview with Matt Connor. You can check me out. I was on the Rob Bro Show in Lubbock, Texas. Of course, Lubbock now uh, following the Chiefs. In fact, they've actually been airing Chiefs games this year, so they've kind of got a strong contingency of Chiefs fans for this season. All right, Chiefs and Colts at Arrowhead. Colts have the all-time series 16-9. Colts have won three of the last four meetings. The last time these two teams played was on October of 2016. The Chiefs won that game 30-14. to this was the game where Alex Smith suffered a head injury. It was reported as a concussion, and then the Chiefs said it was not a concussion, but no no need to get into that. Uh, Nick Folds took over in that game and led the Chiefs to a win, and we all know Nick Folds doing great things right now and winning four playoff games in two postseasons, possibly more. Playoff series? Colts are 4-0 all-time. And you guys all know the story there. Last time they played in the playoffs was that 28-point comeback win in January of 2014. The last time these two teams met at Arrowhead, it was in January of 2014. January the 11th, the no-punt game. And I still remember that game very well. I still remember the week as well because I remember a lot of weather reports came out and they they were predicting rain for the game. And I remember ticket prices went down and then some magic, I guess, took place where... A lot of the meteorologists said, well, now that there's been a shift in the forecast, rain is out of the way and clear. Kansas City should be dry for the game. And I remember ticket prices went up. It was 50 some odd degrees that that game. I still remember that. Uh, Great weather for uh, January in Kansas City. So not going to be the case this week, though, as we mentioned earlier. But that was the last time these two teams played a playoff game at Arrowhead. Colts. Have a 23 and 23 playoff record. Chiefs are 9 and 18 all time in the playoffs, looking for their 10th playoff win. Andy Reid, 2 and 5 all time against the Indianapolis Colts. He has an 11 and 13 postseason record. Frank Reich is 1 of 1 in his career in the playoffs. And I mentioned Frank Reich. He is, of course, the head coach of the Colts. Just led them to their first playoff win. Uh, 
He's a third-round pick from Maryland, uh, was drafted in 1985, played quarterback for Buffalo, Carolina, the Jets, and Detroit, had a 40-36 and record as a starting quarterback, threw for just over 6,000 passing yards, played from 1985 to 1998. The first coaching gig came with the Indianapolis Colts in 2008 as an offensive assistant. Then it became he became a QB coach and then a wide receivers coach all the way through 2011. Then he was with Arizona, the Chargers, Philadelphia. Obviously, it was Josh McDaniels who was supposed to be the Eagles head coach. McDaniels failed with Denver, started 6-0, and then choked utterly finishing 11-17 and in his career, fired after the loss to Kansas City midseason in his second year in 2010 with the Broncos. Reich is coming off a Super Bowl win as an offensive coordinator, just won his first playoff game after a 1-5 start this year for the Colts. I think the Colts got the better end, given what happened with the Josh McDaniel situation. They ended up getting the better offensive coordinator, and I think a guy who's better fit to be a head coach, clearly, as we're seeing with the Indianapolis Colts this year. Nick Sirianni, you guys may remember this name. He is a first-year... By the way, you'll notice a very interesting trend with the uh, coordinators, and I'll mention that in a moment. Nick Sirianni, though, first-year offensive coordinator, was with, the, uh, was with the Chiefs from 2009 through 2012 under Todd Haley and Romeo Crennel. Uh, he was an offensive quality control coach, then an assistant QB coach, and then a wide receivers coach. Uh, he was the offensive quality control coach and wide receivers coach for, also the QB's coach for the Chargers. And now here he is as the offensive coordinator joining the Indianapolis Colts with Frank Reich. Defensive coordinator Matt Eberfluss, defensive assistant at Toledo from 1992 to 2000. Also was the defensive coordinator for Mizzou. Former Missouri Tiger from 2001 to 2008. So if you followed Missouri football closely, this is a name you're also familiar with. So uh, some familiarity with some of these coaches coaching in the area before, whether it's professionally or collegiately. Then he was a linebackers coach for Cleveland and Dallas. And now here he is as a defensive coordinator for the first time in his career. If you're noticing the trend, Sirianni, first time offensive coordinator. Eberfloss, first-time defensive coordinator. And same thing for their special teams coordinator, Raymond Ventrone. Undrafted safety in 2005 from Villanova. Played for New England, Cleveland, the Jets, and the 49ers from 2005 to 2014. And then he was an assistant special teams coach for the Pats from 2015 to 2017. And now here he is in his first year as a special teams coordinator. Looking at the Colts offense, guided by Sirianni, 5th in points per game with 27.1, 7th in total offense, averaging 386 yards per game, 6th in passing, almost 280 yards, and 20th in rushing with 107 yards per game. Of course, everybody knows about Andrew Luck. He and Mahomes, the top two players in touchdown passes this season. He's 5th in the NFL in passing yards. Close to 4,600 yards, 12th in completion percentage, just over 67%, second most in completions with 430, 22 behind Roethlisberger, and I mentioned second most with 39 touchdown passes this season. He and Mahomes combine for 89 touchdown passes on the year, third in first down passes with 236, Mahomes has 237 and Big Ben has 248, sacked only 18 times, Mahomes by the way, he's been sacked 26 times this year. Another interesting comparison between Luck and Mahomes. 
Mahomes has 75 passes for 20 plus yards. Luck has 53. And if you look at Mahomes from 40 plus yard passes, he's got 15. Luck has seven on the season. So Mahomes just a little bit more than half of Luck, or, or, or more than half uh, than what Luck has on the year throwing uh, 14 plus yard bombs. Quarterback rating for Andrew Luck, 98.7. Again, 15 interceptions on the year. Six fumbles, lost one of them. He's ran 46 times for 148 yards, no touchdowns. He has had three four TD games, uh, all of them in weeks four, uh, four, six, and seven. Now, the Colts were one and two in those games. That was when they were off to a slower start, so perhaps more pressure on Andrew Luck earlier in the season to have those kinds of games. Three for 400 yards against Houston in week four through 399 yards against Houston in week 14, almost the same amount. Uh, through for just 222 yards against Houston last week, the Colts did not score at all after getting off to a 21-0 start at uh, at halftime, essentially, uh, but did not score in the second half, still managed to take care of business. Uh, Andrew Luck was 19 of 32, two touchdowns, one pick, no sacks, eight runs for 29 yards. He had an 88.3 rating. Uh, he had 443 yards, four touchdowns, and three picks for a 98.7 rating in that 28-point comeback game. So, uh, Andrew Luck can do all kinds of things. And the Colts can win in different ways with him. So, I think at the end of the day, though, uh, given that the Chiefs have a high-powered offense and it's going to be at Arrowhead, you're going to need Andrew Luck to have that high-powered Offense, you're, he's going to have to have those big statistics, and I think you're going to see that in this football game from him. Looking at the ground attack, Colts ran for 200 yards on the Texans. Marlon Mack ran for 148 yards, which is bad news for Kansas City's 27th-ranked run defense. Mack didn't play in four of the first five games, had four 100-yard rushing games, three two TD games on the year. Best rushing game against Dallas, 27 runs for 139 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Also ran 25 times against the Raiders at Oakland for 132 yards and two TDs. Mack only has 17 catches for 103 yards and one touchdown. Doesn't get used a whole lot through the air, but we'll get into another running back that gets used a lot there. 908 rushing yards off 195 carries. That's good for a 4.7 yard per carry average for Marlon Mack. Jordan Wilkins and Neheim Hines each have more than 300 yards rushing for the Colts this season, and each of them have played all 16 games this year. Everyone knows about T.Y. Hilton, the wide receiver. He did a lot of damage on the Chiefs, of course, and he does damage to a lot of teams as well. 1,270 yards, that's the 12th most, 6 TDs on the season, all off 76 catches. That's the fewest among players in the top 15 in receiving yards. Uh, as far as the catches he had against Houston, he had 85 yards against the Texans off 4 grabs. Also had 9 for 199 yards uh, against Houston back when they played them on December the 9th. So whatever it is, he just seems to have a good game in Houston. But going to be a bit of a different story in Kansas City. He's listed as questionable with an ankle injury. Did not practice on Tuesday as did uh, did not Eric Ebron and a couple of other key players. But those are obviously cautionary for reasons we meant. Precautionary, excuse me, for reasons I mentioned earlier. Uh, Speaking of Eric Ebron, Pro Bowl tight end, one of two Pro Bowlers. For the Indianapolis Colts has 66 catches for 750 yards, led the team with 13 touchdown grabs, major end zone threat. That's the second most touchdown grabs on the season. As I mentioned earlier, Chiefs have allowed 10 on the year 
to tight ends, which is the second most in the NFL. By the way, uh, Eric Ebron spent his first four years with the Lions and had 11 touchdowns in those four years combined. He's got 13 this year, obviously doing much better than he did in his first four years with the Lions. Has single season career highs in so many categories that he's never had before. And I think having Andrew Luck back into the fold, great fit for both those guys. And that's really voted well for both of those players. He caught three passes for 26 yards, plus the first touchdown of the game last week against the Texans, just four minutes and 28 seconds into the game. And again, he is currently listed questionable with a hip injury, but is expected to play. Uh, like I said, lots of players uh, held out for the Colts, so uh, a lot of people would look at that as a good thing, but it's just precautionary because it was on a Tuesday. And the the Colts probably wanted to approach that similarly, like it was a Sunday game, let them get uh, the day off on Tuesday for some of their veterans dealing with injuries. But Chester Rogers, who I'll get into again later, uh, one of the supporting cast members for that receiving corp right there for Indianapolis. Four grabs, 46 yards against Houston. You look at the running back, Neheim Hines, rookie out of North Carolina State, fourth rounder. He is the running back uh, that's most used in the passing game for Indy. Uh, he's got 85 rushes. He has 63 catches, 148 total touches on offense, and he's fumbled the ball just once for the Colts. Uh, one guy to keep an eye on is the wide receiver, Dontrell Inman. He's got three touchdowns on the season. That's the third most touchdown receptions on the team. He had one against Houston. In fact, Andrew Luck was 4-for-4 four four when throwing to him last week. He had 53 yards against the touchdowns. He scored a touchdown in the last two games of the regular season. Inman's got the hot hand right now uh, in the passing game for Indy, scoring a touchdown in each of the last three games. And he's got the hot hand, like I said, coming into this football game. So that's a guy that Chiefs fans definitely need to keep an eye on. Offensive line, maybe the best in the NFL. A lot of young guys. They've done a great job drafting these guys. And they've got a couple of rookies on this offensive line. And they're going to be challenged in this game probably for the first time all year. These two guys. Uh, Rookie left guard Quentin Nelson, sixth overall pick out of Notre Dame, has allowed just one sack, penalized eight times in all 16 starts. He'll face Chris Jones, who got a sack, at least one sack, in 11 straight games, which is an NFL record from weeks 5 through 16. That, of course, includes the bye week. He finished the season with 15 and a half sacks, third most in the NFL for Chris Jones. Pro Bowl rookie right tackle Braden Smith, was taken in the second round out of Auburn, started 13 games, allowed three sacks, committed just three penalties. He'll face D. Ford, who tied eighth in the league in sacks with 13. Ford also co-led the NFL in fumbles with seven. Right tackle Anthony Cazzano, first-round pick from 2011 out of Boston College. He missed some games early in the year, but in 11 starts, he's allowed one sack, had four penalties. He goes up against Justin Houston, who missed four games this year, but still had nine sacks, five forced fumbles, and those five forced fumbles, that's the fifth most in the NFL, despite missing four games. At one point, led the league, Justin Houston, but you've got D. Ford doing that. you got Chris Jones taking care of business through the middle of that defensive front. I think this Colts offensive line, despite allowing only 18 sacks, I think they're going to struggle against this Chiefs defensive front. It's just a matter of, can the secondary cover those receivers long enough and not give Andrew Luck the reads that he wants? And that could perhaps be disaster for him if those players on the front seven get to him. And they have that ability. And I think you see 
guys like Braden Smith and Quentin Nelson. As great of a, of a season those guys have had, those guys are going to struggle. As rookies, first time all year, I think they've been challenged by a defensive front. Yes, they did have the Houston Texans manage to keep them a little bit quiet, but uh, the Kansas City Chiefs front seven and the Houston Texans front seven, completely two different football teams, two different fronts. And I think that's why Kansas City can make some plays, especially at home, at Arrowhead, this Saturday. Other offensive lineman, right guard Mark Glukowski, has not allowed a sack in nine starts. And then the center, Ryan Kelly, anchoring that line. First round pick from 2016 out of Alabama. Only half a sack allowed in the 12 starts he has had. Switching gears to the defensive side, 10th in points per game, 21 and a half points per game allowed. 11th in total defense, just under 340 yards. 16th against the pass, right in the middle of the league. 8th against the run, allowing 101 yards per game. You look at some of the defensive starts for the Colts. Outside linebacker Darius Leonard leads the NFL with tackles. 163 tackles on the year. Four forced fumbles, two recoveries, and seven sacks. Inside linebacker Anthony Walker also has 100 tackles on the season. 106 to be exact. You got some of the players that they've got on their defensive line. You got... Denicio, I hope I pronounced that correctly. I think it's Denico Autry. He's got nine sacks, the most on the team. You compare that to Justin Houston, who has nine sacks, but he's third on the Chiefs in that category. Autry, by the way, also has two forced fumbles. Other key players on that defensive line, Jabal Sheard, five and a half sacks. The defensive tackle, Marcus Hunt, has five sacks. And you look at the defensive end, Al-Kiddin Muhammad, he did not have a sack all season long. Started four games, played in 15. He got a sack last week, though, against the Texans on Deshaun Watson. Secondary for the Indianapolis Colts, Kenny Moore, the second. But both players I'm mentioning, quarterbacks, by the way. Kenny Moore, the second, has three picks on the year uh, for 55 yards. Also has a forced fumble. And Pierre Desir, he's got two forced fumbles and a recovery on the season as well. So average cornerbacks for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, same thing could be said about the Kansas City Chiefs with their secondary right there. And uh, you look at an average secondary and a lot of great playmakers. Eric Ebron, T.Y. Hilton, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, possibly Sammy Watkins in this game. So I think you're going to see a lot of firepower and a, a lot of lighting up the scoreboard in this football game from both teams. And by the way, against the Houston Texans, Kenny Moore did have a pick and a sack. Uh, getting the best of Deshaun Watson in that game. Special teams to wrap things up here for the Colts. Adam Vinatieri, 46 years old, legendary kicker in the NFL, of course. Big moments in past Super Bowls with the Patriots. 23 of 27 this season, 85%. Longest from 54 yards. uh, 44 of 47 on PATs. No blocks in any of his kicks this year. Rigoberto Sanchez, top 10 in average punts and net average punch. 57 punts on the season, no blocks Only 93 return yards allowed for Sanchez and the Colts special teams defense. Rookie wide receiver Zach Paschal, the kick returner on the team, averaging 21 yards per return. Not very good. Longest return for 29 yards. I mentioned Chester Rogers, one of the key players for the Colts in the receiving and one of the key contributors at least. Pun returner for the Indianapolis Colts averaging 9.3 yards per return. Longest one did go for 51 yards, and he had 23 attempts as a punt returner this season. All right, moment of truth here. Look, I'm picking the Chiefs. 
I've always picked the Chiefs, and, I, and all the all the years I've done the podcast, any playoff games we've we've covered here, I've always picked the Chiefs, and I, I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. I think it's going to be a high scoring game, similar to the Chiefs Rams game, maybe not as high scoring, but you're gonna it's going to be like a like a boxing fight, man. Uh, I mean, they're going to go back and forth, trading punches, and one team is going to go on a surge, then the other team goes on a surge. I see that kind of a game this Saturday. I expect a lot of lead changes. In this game. It's not going to be a Chiefs game without a bunch of lead changes. Especially in a playoff game against the Colts. I just think that's how it's going to go down. But I think it's time that they turn the tables. And I think the Chiefs come out victorious in this one. 41-35. That is my score for this game. Let me know your thoughts. Facebook.com slash We will do a Facebook Live video at halftime and after the game. So stay tuned for that. Also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21 plus my email Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Now I gave you guys my thoughts of course for the Chiefs and Colts game. Real quickly looking at the rest of the divisional round after the Chiefs hopefully win against the Colts. You've got the Rams and the Cowboys playing at Los Angeles at Memorial Coliseum. I think it's going to be very interesting here. A lot of people were impressed with the Rams 54 points against the Chiefs, of course, but they've been able to do a little bit more. Slipped a little bit at the end of the year, but man, I I, I, I said it before, and I did predict a Cowboys-Bears NFC title game. Obviously not going to come true, but I've got to stick with the Cowboys. Uh, I know a lot of people think the Cowboys are going to come around and choke eventually, but I think Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, they've really come around, and of course the addition of Amari Cooper has really helped. They looked really impressive in that Seahawks game. I think the Cowboys are going to go over to... Los Angeles, and pull off the upset, and I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I've got it 17-13 Dallas, and then Sunday, you've got the Chargers and the Patriots at Gillette Stadium, and look, people want to say that the cold weather is going to make an impact. Again, I think it's a very, very overrated factor. With that said, I still have the Patriots. I just don't think you can pick the Patriots, or pick pick against the Patriots, excuse me, in a situation like this, and I think I saw a stat somewhere that the Colts are 7-0, and or excuse me, uh, the Chargers are 0-7, I should say, against the Patriots uh, under Phillip Rivers. So, obviously it doesn't bode well for them. The last time these two teams played in a playoff game, it was the AFC Championship game when the Colts uh, improved to 18-0. Now, Brady still had his worst game that year, or uh, his worst game that season. Three picks. Still, Patriots survived, and they advanced to the Super Bowl, unable to complete that undefeated run, but I still have the Patriots winning this one. I think both teams are going to be able to score kind of similar to Kansas City and Indianapolis, but I think the Patriots are going to have this fourth quarter where they come away with the game and the Chargers are going to commit turnovers and it's going to be too hard for them to come back in this one. So I got the Patriots winning in this one, 35-21. Last game of the weekend, Saints and Eagles. I just don't know who to pick in this one. Similar to the Bears one. I I, I said Bears, but I also said I don't know... <laughs> How that's going to go down. I'm going to go Eagles, man. Uh, I, I uh, Look, say what you, want, what you want about the Saints. Drew Brees having an MVP type of season. But I just don't know at this point if you can pick against Nick Foles. I know I'm not picking based on what's been happening on the gridiron this year. But sometimes luck is part of the sport. And Nick Foles just has luck on his side right now. He really does. And the defense for the Eagles has improved as the season's gone along. And I think that is going to really bode well uh, for the Sa- or for the Eagles, excuse me, when Drew Brees 
tries to face this defense. I think Drew Brees is going to have some problems in this football game, and that'll allow the Eagles to come through. I've got the Eagles winning this one in another narrow contest, 21-17. I think it's going to come down to the wire once again. So last week, I went 3 of 4. And this week, I'm picking the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Patriots, and the Eagles. I've got two road teams winning. Last last week, we had three road teams win. Uh, I did pick three road teams to win, but it wasn't the three road teams that I had picked. Uh, but instead, uh, here we are. Hopefully, the trend of road teams winning does not continue, uh, at least for the first game of the divisional round. So, there it is. My prediction for the Chiefs and Colts and for the rest of the divisional round. Joining us on the Chiefs Zone podcast right now to wrap things up. He is a friend of the podcast. He is the editor over at ArrowheadAddict.com. He is Matt Connor. Matt, it's that time of year, man. Uh, Chiefs didn't play last week, and I said this on the podcast. If you told me before the season the Chiefs did not play in the wild card round, I would have said... I mean, my options were either they have a bye week or they're out of the playoffs. And I did not think that there was any possibility the Chiefs would have had a bye week. Not with a redshirt rookie QB, but here we are, man. I mean, the the, the feeling, the mixed emotions, they're, 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 they're right there for you, isn't it? Yeah, they are. I, I, mean, I never once saw this coming. And, and maybe those people are out there. And, and um, yeah, I, I feel like all of us are both you know, sort of enraptured with this feeling of being in love with the honeymoon period. I think we're also in shock. I think we're also a little bit afraid just because we're like, okay, here we go again. Um, if it, it feels like, uh, you know, to me it feels like, you know, we found the love of our life supposedly, yet we've been burned so bad in our dating lives that we're not quite sure what to make of sort of the confluence of both of those things together. Like, can I trust you? But of course I can. He's our, he's the franchise face. Of course we can trust him. And then it's like, wait, can we? So, uh, yeah, I think we're all there. Oh, by the way, uh, gotta give a shout out to you before we continue, because you helped, uh, hook us up with that, um, hit that I did. Uh, I mentioned this on social media and I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I did a hit with, uh, 1340, uh, the talk in Lubbock, Texas. It was a lot of fun talking to those guys. If you missed it, it I did retweet it on social media. I'll also have it on my YouTube page. Uh, but if you want to wait around for a little bit after uh, our conversation with Matt here, I will be playing that at the end of uh, this podcast, at the end of this interview, essentially. So, uh, Matt, I just get the feeling that, you know, there is this whole notion of concern because... Yeah, it's 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 the number one offense in the NFL, one of the best offenses in NFL history. You have fifty touchdowns, five thousand passing yards, but there there's just that at the end of the day, there's the Indianapolis Colts. They've beaten you all four times in all four postseason meetings, and you have a six game losing streak at home. Here's my thing, though. Yes, I get it. You have Mahomes, but even if you don't have Mahomes, this has to end at some point. It was supposed to end. When the 28-point comeback happened, it, it should have ended, and I'm talking more about the home losing streaks, the Titans game last year, the Steelers game a couple of years ago. I just feel like every heartbreaking 
loss has happened now, and, and I, I would at this point I will be impressed if they find a new way to suffer a heartbreaking loss. I, I just think they've ran out of possibilities at this point. <laughs> I certainly hope so. Don't you think? For me, for me, my emotional concern is less about the Colts or less about some playoff history. It's really about Andy Reid, and it's really about whether or not he can turn whatever corner. And so, you know, we've we've seen we've seen the Chiefs look really promising in the postseason. I mean, like 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 even looking the part in a postseason game, and then in that same postseason game, we've seen the meltdowns. And so. You know, for me, it's like, okay, I even expect the Chiefs to look the part, at least for X amount of time against the Colts this weekend. The question is, can they do that for 60 minutes? And, you know, if they can, then, hey, we're great, and curses are lifted, and monkeys off backs, and, and we're all hooting and cheering. But, um, yeah, man, you know, I, 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 I'm not so concerned about sort of a ghost of the past as much as I am just, you know, can we – can we put the pedal to the metal and not act like, oh, we have a lead, now let's go hyper-conservative and give it all away again. So, um, yeah, it would just be really interesting to watch both can the Chiefs look the part early and then can they stay in character, I guess, so to speak. Okay, here's my thing. We can talk about how great the offense is. We can talk about how bad the defense is. We're not breaking any news by diving so deeply into those topics. Here's my thing, Matt. I think at the end of the day, I don't care how great the Chiefs offense is. I don't care how horrendous the defense is. My biggest X factor to me is Andy Reid because Andy Reid, and he really should be taking a lot of responsibility. And I mean, he says I take responsibility. I mean, that's fine. But at the end of the day, this game falls on his shoulders. Uh, If you're conservative, and you kind of alluded to this a moment ago, if you're conservative with a big lead, well, uh, you're going to give Indianapolis yet another comeback win in the, in the postseason, and here we are with another heartbreaking loss. But if you keep firing at this point, and let me just say this, people think that teams get conservative because, oh, I don't know, maybe they don't want to put something out there on film. Look, I don't care if you're the New England Patriots and you've had Spygate 2.0, you're still not going to stop this offense. This offense is too damn powerful uh, to, to stop at this point. Fire in all four quarters. Keep pedaling. Don't stop at all. That, to me, is the biggest X factor. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm really not sure. Um, I mean, I understand what there is to gain by, uh, you know, killing some of the clock. I understand what there is to gain by changing up um, and grinding it out, getting the ground game moving and, and whatever. But at the same time, there has to be, I would think, this part of, like, there has to be a spark, right, somewhere in Andy that wants to, like, you know, like, like, like the whole, like the whole cliche of some sort of, like, you know, put the boot on the neck of the enemy kind of approach. And I don't know that I've ever seen Andy in some sort of, like, you know what, we're the predators here, and and we're like like, you know, we're here to hunt the prey. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen a really killer coaching instinct in Andy. Uh, or if or if so, it, it's like, it, it's at least uncommon enough that I'm not thinking of it. 
but I love the statement of last week, right? I mean, like, or two weeks ago. I mean, like, I'm feeling pretty good after watching, like, a complete dominance of the Raiders. And at the same time that I'm going, oh, I was also the Raiders. So I'm not sure what to make of it. But but it felt that way, at least a little bit for me, and the way that I want the Chiefs and Andy Reid to feel and look. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, when the Chiefs lost to the Steelers in that uh, game where they scored two touchdowns and the Steelers scored none, I, I said to myself, I am not buying into this team ever again. I'm just not. I'm just not. Then what, 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 then what did they do, Matt? They destroyed the living hell out of New England in Foxborough on their banner. Mark Wahlberg, he's drunk as hell, you know, trying to celebrate that fifth banner. And, I mean, Jesus Christ, you, 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 you made them look like the worst team in the NFL in that game. And the, 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 the Chiefs just completely hooked you back in. They did it this year, too, when... You know, you, you have Patrick Mahomes, who's doing what, what what he's done all year long, and you're just hoping at some point the letdown doesn't happen because that's been the biggest issue for me. Uh, yeah, look, I, we can go on about this, you know, all, all day long, but at the end of the day, I just hope this Chiefs team, and I get Mahomes hasn't been here for all, for all of it, Andy Reid hasn't been here for all of it, but Andy Reid's been here for, for some of the heartbreak. I just hope at some point... I think to me, like I said, Andy Reid's the big X factor, but he's you've got to learn from your mistakes at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like this little child who keeps misbehaving over and over again. You're telling him, hey, you got to behave, you got to behave, and you're hoping at some point he picks it up. Uh, that's kind of how Andy Reid is right now. He keeps making these same mistakes over and over again, and you've got to think. Uh, because if, the, if this is Vance Joseph, if this is... Mike McCoy, who's your head coach, you're gone after one or two of those heartbreaking losses. Andy Reid's been around for three heartbreaking losses. If your name's not Andy Reid, see you later. I just hope Andy Reid, and he's a smart guy. There's a reason why he's been coaching for a long time, and he's probably considered the second best active coach behind Belichick. You just got to hope he learns from his mistakes at some point. Yeah, I, I, I could not agree more with you. And and, and that's why I think there's got to be something in, in Reed. I hear it in Brett Beach. Um, I, I, I don't know if you'll remember this. I I went back several days ago, and I'm rereading quotes from Brett Beach about this year's draft class because I've been pretty frustrated with the lack of um, you know production from this year's draft class. It doesn't seem like they have a very high ceiling even for the future. I don't know. So I just went back and looked because I wanted to just read straight from Brett Veach's mouth. I'm like, what did he see in his draft class? And what was he going for? And as I'm looking back at his words from a year ago, it was really clear that the loss from last year's playoffs to the Titans was like the cloud hanging over the entire offseason. Like it was just very clear that Veach was like, we are tearing things apart. I'm bringing in my guys. And the goal is we're never losing like that again. I mean, like, like Veach, like that's not a direct quote from Veach, but Veach was saying, we're, and you may remember this, Veach was saying, we're bringing in guys who can play all four quarters, who are tough, who are, like, who just love to hit, who love to play football, who are fat, we're getting younger, faster, tougher. That was, like, that was the language. And the language was kind of centered around, We've got guys who've let leads slip away. We've got guys who maybe let up after a few quarters. I'm bringing in guys who love football so much that at the end of the fourth quarter, 
you're getting as much as you've ever gotten from them. And so I think for all of the complaining that we've done about, gosh, how much do we pay for Anthony Hitchens only to get this? Or, you know, maybe Bob Sutton's schemes are ruining everything. I mean, for all of our complaints, the reality is we got here. We got back to the playoffs. And the thing that's been hanging over everyone's head and the reason for so many transactions is now, like, it's put up or shut up time. And, and at, like, even if Reed gives you a bunch of coach speak, I think Brett Veach gives you some actual, like, visceral language where he's saying, you know, this is why we're here. And, and now the Chiefs have a real chance to show up and go, oh, gosh, now I get what they were going for the whole time because they've got some guys in there who um, are going to seal the deal when it's time to seal the deal. And, uh, you know, I mean, so, I mean, we're, like, we all want that to happen, but, you know, you can't just will that to happen on the field. You have to have, apparently, the right players in place. So maybe Veach was speaking for Reed there, too. I mean, if, if he's that spark, you just have to imagine everyone on the team is, has been waiting for this moment. Matt, you live in Indianapolis, is that correct? I do, I do. Heart of Indianapolis. Okay, so uh, I mean, are are fans giving you a hard time? What's what's this week been like for you? <laughs> um, no more, you know, no more so than normal. I mean, it was a when when Peyton was here, it was a hard time for picking a team that was finishing in the in the basement of the AFC West, and uh, and then uh, you know now actually there's a lot of goodwill with Mahomes. I mean, even if you're not a Chiefs fan, people seem to like the Chiefs like there's I don't know you know maybe it would be different if I'm in Denver or Oakland but there's a sense in general of gosh I wasn't rooting for the Colts but I threw to the Chiefs or gosh Andy Reid he seems like such a cool coach to play for we'd love to see him win the big one I mean not against us but you know if we can't win then that so there's kind of a funny there's kind of a funny like well if we can't win it we'll root for the Chiefs and I've heard that from different pockets of the country, that you know, that said, of course, you know, everyone here is is uh, totally stoked about the direction of the franchise under Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, and rightfully so. So, um, and you know, the return of Andrew Luck has this town all of us too. So it's, um, you know, the, the drama's not too much, honestly. Uh, I think just because the Chiefs are rather likable in terms of NFL franchises. Have you ever attended any of the playoff games, either in Kansas City or Indianapolis? I haven't. I've never been to the Chiefs playoff game. Okay, well, uh, that might be a good thing, uh, if, if, if we're just being honest. But uh, I, I did attend the uh, playoff game in 2003, and that was, well, technically 2004. That was the infamous no-punt game, and I still remember that very well. I, I remember... Trent Green threw a really terrible pass uh, to Eddie Kennison, and I had I had a guy a couple of rows behind me uh, shout, "What the hell was that?" I mean, it was just it 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 was one of those uh, games. And then, uh, gosh, I remember Dante Hall. He took. Do you remember his kick return touchdown? I mean, was that the one that would just went like end zone to end zone? Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I think Mike Vanderjack was the last guy. He almost got him down, but Dante Hall may, managed to sneak. Yeah, Mike Vanderjack. That's how far we're going back here. Um, but no, I. I, I, I uh, but but no, I remember Dante Hall went back because the Chiefs were down by two possessions. I want to I want to say, and Dante Hall got the team back in the game, and of course that's how the Chiefs won so many of their games because of Dante Hall and. 
Uh, I, I mean, there was just hope at that point. Yeah, I will say one funny thing about that game. I don't know what happened, but my dad... Had, well, first off, when the Dante Hall touchdown happened, some moron a couple rows in front of me chucks his empty beer bottle several rows in celebration. It's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? And, of course, this is me, like, uh, 11, 12-year-old Farzine. And my dad's scared for my safety at this point. He's actually hugging me and protecting me from all the insanity that's happening at Arrowhead. Uh, And then I turn around, and there's a guy who is livid because he just had... I see his face is wet. He had beer chucked at his face. I don't know what happened, obviously. So, I, I mean, there was that going on, too. And then we had the ride home, and, and I, I, you know, I was upset. I, I, I actually remember this because uh, I, I was playing, you know, youth basketball. We, we lost our first game of the season uh, that weekend, and then the next day we lose to the Colts in the playoff game. And my dad, I mean, he, he was upset, too. He was sad, too. And he said, you know what, we're going to – and this is, of course, dad wisdom here uh, coming into play. He says, one of these days we're going to play the same team – at the same stadium in a playoff game. Well, here it is. This is the, the last time we played them was the no punt game, and now here we are. A few years later, uh, several years later, uh, Chiefs Colts in a playoff game. It, it, here's what I'm trying to get at here, Matt. I just think you know people want to say maybe it's not meant to be, but I, if you're getting this many opportunities, and I know this is not how you win football games, it's whether it's meant to be or not, but at some point you've just got to say, okay, maybe the stars are aligning for this incredible David versus Goliath heroic moment where you keep getting all these opportunities to defeat the boss. And this is the chance to do it now. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I think it's a great storyline and, um, and I, and I hope the players have a line in that way. It feels like, it feels like Patrick Mahomes is here to alleviate a lot of of long-term Chiefs ills in general, you know, and you, you know, you remember, you remember it felt that way in week two when, you know, he marches into, uh, he marches into Pittsburgh and puts up six touchdowns. And I just remember thinking, gosh, this is really happening. Like, like two wins in a row over two playoff caliber teams and, and their road games. And it's against the hall of fame quarterbacks. And what am I watching? Like, I, like I, I needed a new category for it, basically, is what I'm saying. And and I get that I get that sense that about Patrick Mahomes' career, we're going to need a lot of new categories. And hopefully that includes you know, playoff victories and, and overall playoff success. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're on to something there. Matt, uh Sunday it's the Chargers and the Patriots. Uh who wins that game? Gosh, it's it's so hard to to go against um, the Patriots in 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 that way. I mean, they've just they're so dangerous in the playoffs, and the Chargers have not been dangerous in the playoffs. At the same time, this coaching job by Anthony Lynn has just been unbelievable, and the talent that they've acquired on both sides of the ball is. I mean, it's they have a they have an incredible roster. I I I'm, kind of jealous of how balanced and well-rounded and even set up for the long-term they are despite having a, you know, late thirties quarterback. I, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'd have to go with the Patriots just because of history, but um, honestly, I think these chargers are, are set to compete with the chiefs for a very, very long time. 
um, if, if they can, if they can either keep rivers healthy, upright and motivated to keep starting, or if, if, if they can handle a quarterback transition like the chiefs did, um, and, and land and land the next guy. I mean, they've just, they've set themselves up for, for very good success for a very long time. Okay. So you're picking the Patriots. Uh, but I'll go with the Patriots. Yeah. Sorry. And, and who are the Patriots playing in the AFC championship game? Oh, I mean, I mean, it's gotta be the chiefs. I, I, I think the chiefs won't have much of a problem at all this weekend. Like, that, like that's my guess. What's your score? Uh, I, let's just, um, I put 55, 28 on Twitter I'll stick with it. No, 55 points. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, I just, I just think, I think the chiefs have been scheming for this moment for a long time. I think they've been scheming in terms of their health for this moment for a long time. Um, I think Andy Reid has a lot of doubters to prove wrong. I, I, I just think they're all there. I, I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to win. And not only win, but win big. Hey, I mean, I'm not arguing. If it happens, I would love that. I, I just, I, I, I guess I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic. I, I'm, I'm predicting a Chiefs Rams type of football game, except just not as high scoring. I think it's going to be back and forth. You're going to see one team go on a surge, and then the other team will go on a surge. And at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs are going to come out on top of this one. I, I'm going 41-35. I mentioned that already on the podcast, uh, but I'll say it again for, uh, for you to hear. Um, I, I just see it happening, man. I, I, I just see it happening. I, it's that that streak's got to end at some point to me. Uh, but that's how I feel about that. But fifty-five points, man. I, I I think anyone listening just needs to come visit you in Indianapolis and buy you a beer if that happens. Exactly. It's got to be. It's got to be exactly fifty-five. Can't be more or less. I'll take anyone up on that. All right. Uh, I'm going to let you go. Uh, before we do, anything else you want to say about this game or anything going on at arrowheadaddict.com? I know, of course, we've got a lot of writers that are keeping up now. Of course, busy time of the year. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the, the last floor here. No, I, you know, I think it's good. I think, I think one, thing I would, I th- one thing I would point out, remember the Chiefs were in the Colts' very position not too long ago when they went. Remember when they went one and five? Yeah, and then they bounced back to make the playoffs, and it was an incredible run. But after a while, we saw a very talented team hit the wall because how many weeks in a row can everything be on the line? And I think the Colts have played that. They've got their they've got their early win out of the way, and they surprised the Texans. They've had a magical run. They were never supposed to do any of this. Andrew Luck's been perfect. Frank Reich after the Josh McDaniels thing. They've had a magical season. I think it's time to hit the wall. Like, I, like, like that's why I pick such a big difference because I just remember, gosh, the Chiefs were good, but, but I also remember they hit the wall, and I just think the Colts have to do that same thing. And so, yeah, the Chiefs are that's a juggernaut, and, and yeah, there we go. All right, he is Matt Connor. Give him a follow on Twitter at. Matt Connor AA again his uh, Twitter handle Connor is spelled C O N N E R. I just have to say that every time because uh, I, as someone who you know watches a lot of MMA and writes about it as well occasionally for uh, Cage Side Press, uh, I, I'm used to spelling Connor with uh, C O N O R. But you, I, I asked you about this before. You said he's a he's a poser. You still stick by that? 
I mean, he he definitely let down all the Connors in the world when he had that last fight because he barely did anything. Uh, Matt, uh, again, give him a follow, Matt Connor AA on Twitter. Uh, Matt, it, it's been fun doing these podcasts with you. Uh, I know we're going to continue in the off season and uh, on the next uh, season as well. And of course, uh, a lot of great writers, a lot of great work over at Arrowhead Addict. Com, so check that out as well. Matt, appreciate you coming on. We'll keep in touch, man. Thanks, Appreciate it. All right, there you have it. Our good friend, Matt Connor of Arrowhead Attic, joining us here on the Chief Zone Podcast. Big thanks to Matt for joining us here, as he always does on this podcast. Uh, he's done so a couple of times throughout the season. Big thanks to you guys, the listeners, for downloading and listening. Appreciate you guys bearing through with me. Hopefully my voice. Maybe, maybe I sound the same. I don't know. I've said this before. I remember mentioning it on a podcast that my voice was shot, but... You guys said I sounded the same, and I listened back. I said, wow, I do sound the same through, through the microphone. Well, hey, uh, there that's the magic of uh, of uh, audio editing, I guess. I, even though I don't do much editing with, with all of this. So there's that. Appreciate, though, nonetheless, you guys bearing through with me. Uh, kind of a tough episode to do. Uh, but, hey, man, if uh, I'm a little bit shot with my voice tomorrow, it'll be worth it. Because we got through this podcast. Stay tuned. You're going to hear my hit. From the Talk 1340 in Lubbock, Texas. So stay tuned for that. Appreciate all of you guys downloading and listening to the podcast. Enjoy the Chiefs game. Uh, If the Chiefs do advance, then we will do a Facebook Live video for the Chargers and Pats game. Of course, that's the team who the Chiefs will face in the AFC title game. So uh, I think it would be worth uh, doing a breakdown of that game. And I think if uh, we got enough uh, people interested... We may do a podcast just recapping that game as well. So stay tuned for that all over the weekend. So, again, hope that all will happen if the Chiefs advance, and fingers crossed for that. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian, Twitter.com slash Farzine21, Farzine at Farzine Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, as well as Podbean. And share the links as well. Big thanks to you guys once again for listening to the podcast. Enjoy your weekend. Cheer loud. Be one of the first 50,000 to get one of those Mahomes headbands. If you're going to be at the stadium, have fun. Be safe. If you're watching from home, enjoy it. And we'll talk about it as the game goes on. Go Chiefs. Welcome back into the Rob Bro Show with Carson Robinson right here on Talk 1340. If you want to call into the show, you can, 770-5326. You can also text the show, 806-855-3712. If you have some questions for the Chiefs expert on the line, you can call in. Uh, well, you can text in questions. Call in after he calls in. Uh, you can text the show, 806-855-3712 once again. All right, this is the host of the Chiefs Zone and the Cage Zone UFC guy uh, podcast. If you want to check those out, you can go to his Twitter page, uh, and he will give you that handle just in a second. He's also been with Bleach Report, the Kansas City Star, six ten Sports Radio. Here's Farzan Vasugin. How you doing, sir? Good man. Thanks for having me. How are you? How are you? Uh, we're doing pretty good here. We're just excited for the Chiefs Colts game. Uh, lots of action going around. The Chiefs hosting a playoff game. Lots of action. Uh, some thoughts early. 
initial reactions to the Colts matchup? Well, uh, they have been the biggest Achilles heel for the Kansas City Chiefs since 1995. A lot of heartbreaking losses. The, uh, the starting with that 95 uh, playoff game uh, when Lynn Elliott missed three field goals, and then in 2003, uh, the Chiefs had that magical season with that amazing offense, and they made some miraculous plays on special teams. Yet they can't make it through in the playoffs, uh, and the Colts were that team. Peyton Manning marched into Arrowhead and did his thing, and then that. Uh, 28-point comeback win uh, when Andrew Luck was the uh, quarterback, when Andy Reid was first year. So, and on top of that, the Chiefs had a six-game home losing streak at Arrowhead in the playoffs. So, uh, Chiefs fans are excited because this time it's a little, little bit different. People are hoping that Andy Reid's learned his lesson. And on top of that, who was not the quarterback those four times? Well, Patrick Mahomes wasn't. So, a lot of people are hoping that this time around it's going to be a little bit different given that the Chiefs have a quarterback in Mahomes who had a historic season, 50 passing touchdowns, 5,000 passing yards. Uh, in fact, he's the only quarterback I saw on uh, social media last week, the only quarterback ever to throw 5,000 passing yards in the NFL and in college doing so in Texas Tech, as you guys know. So uh, people are hoping that uh, the tables are going to turn this time around. And I, I'm being cautiously optimistic myself, if I'm being honest. So uh, that's the uh, mindset right now with Steve Sands. You talk about all the heartbreak with uh, Chiefs fans in the playoffs, and just specifically Andy Reid's career of not being able to get it done in the playoffs. Is Patrick Mahomes kind of, you just said it, the savior in Kansas City? Is he the guy to lead the Chiefs past the hump? That's a great question. In fact, I had a, um, a columnist from the Kansas City Star who was on my podcast this week. Uh, he actually wrote about that on Monday, how, Patrick Mahomes, this whole season, he's been viewed as this as this hero that everyone has just quickly learned to love and embrace. I remember uh, after uh, a couple of weeks into this season, he was at uh, the University of Kansas Hospital, which is uh, a partnership of the Kansas City Chiefs, doing some charity events, obviously, you know, just going out and about. And when he was leaving the, the complex, you know, all the employees, the people who were uh, going in there for an appointment, everybody just stood out of the way. Uh, as security was trying to get him through, people just pulled out their phones, going crazy for him as he walked by. Uh, all the charity work he's done, he surprised a bunch of kids at a Dick Sporting Goods earlier this year. I mean, just so many things that he has done, and now he is, yeah, you're right, he is being viewed as the savior. He's a guy who, who's 23 years old now, and, uh, you know, a lot's running on his shoulders, but he's being very calm and collected about it. Uh, he's treating this like it's any other week. Yeah, sure, I mean, I mean he's human, he's gonna have to do this, he may not admit it, but, uh, I mean, of course he would. Uh, I think he knows uh, what's on the line here. A lot of Chiefs fans are really hoping to snap that streak. Only one postseason win in almost 25 years in this franchise. Uh, it, it's been a while, especially for a home win. So uh, Patrick Mahomes is kind of being viewed as a savior right now. And uh, like I said, uh, given the great season the season has had uh, offensively, people are hoping that could be the uh, the difference this time around. Right, this is the Rob Bro Show. We're uh, here with Farzan Vasugan from the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Uh, before we move on to maybe some Super Bowl odds and the thought for long-term playoff success, a couple of injury questions. Eric Berry, Sammy Watkins, are those guys going to be back this week to play? Uh, we're going to find that out in about a couple of hours, but for what it's worth to you this week on Monday, Andy Reid said those guys are making progress now. Andy Reid has been uh, kind of hushish with this. As they said, Eric Berry was day-to-day since September, and he did not start playing until just a few weeks ago. Uh, so you never know what the Chiefs sometimes when they report these injuries in the press conferences. But on Tuesday, Eric Berry uh, and Sammy Watkins, they did return to practice, as did Spencer Warren. 
you know, I don't know if Eric Berry's going to be 100. percent He was very limited in the uh, in the first game he played against the Chargers on Thursday night football, plus on Sunday night football a couple of weeks ago against the Seahawks. Uh, he got more snaps, but not as many. Uh, the thing about it, though, and I know this may sound crazy, but I think Sammy Watkins is the more important X factor for the Chiefs because ever since Kareem Hunt was uh, released from the team for his incident off the field, and ever since Sammy Watkins injury, the Chiefs offense still has been dynamic, but not as dynamic. And Sammy Watkins has kind of helped put out the offense a little bit, so I think his presence would be needed a little bit more because if you can get off to a good start and everyone knows about the Arrowhead crowd, if they can get into it, the Colts are going to put up some points. I'm expecting a, a shootout in this football game, but uh, from my standpoint, I think it's going to be a little bit hard for Indianapolis to come back if they have, if the Chiefs have Sammy Watkins in that dynamic offense, as long as they're consistent with that throughout the game. Uh, so often you say it's better to be hot in the playoffs than good. I think the Chiefs are the better football team, but the Colts are definitely hotter. Uh, do you think that's going to be the difference maker here this weekend? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, they started one and five, and uh, they've only lost one game since then. They have the best record in the NFL since week seven. Uh, I know uh, Nick Wright of Fox Sports he put out a, a great tweet pointing out that they've uh, given up the, uh, the fewest amount of sacks. They scored the most amount of points since week seven. A lot of things that the Colts have done that no other team has been able to do. Uh, a lot of people have been pointing out the fact that it is mostly Chiefs fans in Kansas City that the Colts quote unquote haven't played anyone. Well, I kind of disagree with that because since September, they've beaten the Texans twice and nearly showing them out just this past weekend. And they also showed the Cowboys at home not too long ago. But the Chiefs, uh, you know, their, uh, record isn't as impressive either against playoff teams. They're two and four now for what that's worth. Steelers were two and four in 2005 with a young TV and Roethlisberger and they went on to win the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, the Colts definitely have the hot hand. Uh, and they've got an amazing offensive line, a very young offensive line. They've given up the fewest sacks in the NFL this season, but they're going to be going up against the Chiefs team that has the most sacks, tied for the most sacks in the NFL this year with 52 tying the Steelers on the other side. So it, that's going to be the big matchup right there. How, how do those rookies, uh, given that everything they've accomplished so far during this big streak of theirs, how do they handle that going into Arrowhead against a very powerful front seven? Not a defense, but for what it's worth, they're still doing a good job of getting after the quarterback despite allowing so many yards and points. That's going to be a big X factor for me this weekend. Yeah, we know all about the uh, bend but don't break defenses here at <laughs> Texas Tech. Uh, it, it's looked a lot of the same with uh, Patrick Mahomes lighting it up on the offensive side and still giving up some points. But uh, one more question, and then we'll get to a prediction here for the game. But you know what? We'll do the prediction first. What are your thoughts? Do you want to give a score? Or are you going to wait to do that on your own time? Uh, because I think the oh. Chiefs will win. I'll give you guys a score. Okay. Uh, I do think the Chiefs will win this football game. Uh, go right now. I'll go 41-35. If you saw that Chiefs and Rams Monday night football game in L.A., uh, I think it's going to be a similar game where they're going back and forth. Maybe one team goes on a surge and then the other team gets on a surge. But I just don't think it's going to be as high scoring as it was in that game. I mean, that's just hard to replicate. You just don't see that often. Uh, but I think the Colts are going to do a lot of damage. I think the Chiefs are going to do a lot of damage. One thing that I think is worth noting the Colts have allowed the most receiving yards this year by a tight end, uh, two tight ends, excuse me, 1,234 yards. Travis Kelsey, he had the second best receiving yards in NFL history by a tight end. One hour later, it was broken by George Kittle of the 49ers. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you, you have to have, yeah, a very uh, coincidence right there. But Travis Kelsey having one of the best seasons by a tight end ever versus a Colts team that doesn't do well against tight ends. Now, I've got to point out, the Chiefs have allowed the second most touchdowns 
by a tight end with 10. And you look at who they have uh, in their tight end. Uh, he's having a great season. Uh, and I can't remember his name. Yeah, Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron, yeah. Eric Ebron, thank you. He's got 13 touchdowns on the year. He had 11 in his career, in his four years yeah. before this year. He's got 13 this year. And I think those two tight ends, they're going to be the big playmakers for both teams. But I think it's going to be Kansas City that just has the edge on this one because of Tyree Kill, possibly Sammy Watkins, and running backs that's going to do well under Andy Reid. So 41-35 is going to be my final score, and I've got the Chiefs advancing. I like it. I like 41-35. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'll take the over for sure uh, with yeah, Andrew Luck and Patrick Holmes on the field. Uh, this is Farsham Vasugan. We have him here from the Chiefs Zone podcast. Uh, one last question. It's not really has to do with the playoffs at all. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is he going to be with the Chiefs next season? Man, that's, that's interesting. We don't know about that yet for sure. We know he, there were four teams that were interviewing him. He did decline an interview with the Arizona Cardinals, but not going to be taking that job. And you, know, you guys all know too well, Cliff Kingsbury is going to be going there. Uh, here's the thing about the Andy Reid coaching career. It's expanding quite a lot. You, you saw two former offensive coordinators of Andy Reid's go head-to-head just this past weekend in the Eagles and the Bears. Uh, so the thing about Eric Bieniemy is he did not call the plays, whereas when Peterson well, became the play caller. He did get that head coaching job with the Eagles. Same thing with Matt Nagy late uh, in uh, 2017 when uh, he got the head coaching gig. So, uh, you know, it's a toss-up to me. It really is. But I think given that, you know, Patrick Holmes is out there, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be going after Eric the enemy. I think it, we haven't heard a whole lot yet about a team giving him a final offer. So I think he does return to Kansas City. But uh, given uh, this offense, if they can do what they did again next season, I think yes, the enemy will be a head coach in the NFL somewhere next year. All right. Hey, thanks for your time, Farson. Uh, Super Bowl or bust for the Chiefs. Uh, you can hear the Chiefs right here on thir- uh, Talk 1340. We'll talk to you again, Farson. I think uh, we appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, guys. You bet. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.